that's when you are in a flow state. It's a pure place of joy. Like for me, for instance, if I can fit in, in the beginning of my day, one hour of writing, mm -hmm. I know this is gonna be an excellent day because I started my day by being in a flow state. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule, and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. We know that there is power in building strong habits in your life. But sometimes making them stick can be the tricky part. Habits are at the core of creating a life where you feel fulfilled and able to be your best self. Learn how to transform your health, your life, and yourself by downloading my free guide, Building Strong Habits. The link to grab your guide is in the show notes of today's episode. Hi, Reno. Welcome to the Moms Without Capes podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm excited for the conversation today. So for all the listeners, Rena is an explorer of mental states to increase memory, focus, clarity, intellect, and intuition. She created the Mind and Brain Supercharge program to help others effortlessly improve their minds and brains to deal with the demands and challenges of the 21st century. For years, Rena suffered from brain fog, mental weariness, procrastination, and short-term memory problems. But after a lot of trial and error, she figured out how to unlock her mental skills, and now she is dedicated to teaching others how to do the same. On today's episode, Rena and I will be talking about how we as moms can enter into a flow state to improve our focus and concentration. So, Rena. Why don't you get it, share with us a little bit more about your journey and how you got to be where you are today? Sure, happy to do that. So my background is in finance and consulting and I'm a session achiever, you know. Uh, did all the degrees people told me I had to do to be happy and I wasn't happy. I got the jobs people told me that were gonna make me happy. So I did that and I wasn't happy. And so basically me chasing all the time, you know, pushing myself and burning myself out and frying my brain out so many times in my 20s, pursuing careers and all those other things that people promised me were going to make me happy. It actually ended, um, it actually caused me then at some point to start noticing that my memory was being really really terrible I was procrastinating a lot I was very very unhappy depressed and it felt like my head was stuck in a fishbowl all the time and I couldn't sleep I had insomnia I needed to drink lots and lots and lots of coffee before I was functional in any way and that's when I realized oh my god something is really terrible happening to me to my mind my brain and I wasn't in my like 50 plus when one, when one would assume this is kind of like the normal age when things start breaking down. I was just in my early 30s and it gave me a bit of a scare. And because I was so young, I had to find ways, explore ways to get myself back on track. And uh, ever since then, for the last five, six years, I've been exploring and learning ways, techniques, tools, tricks, 
anything and everything there is about the brain and mind from the energetic perspective. So I don't focus so much on the foods you can eat or the exercises that you do. I focus more kind of like on the, on the energy side because I think consciousness mind is an energy field and we can use our awareness, our will to start manipulating what, whatever energies there are in our energy field and using that energy to actually heal ourselves, to get ourselves back to the function that we know our brains are capable of having because we had that in our childhood, in our teenage years, but then something happens to us. And usually um, it has much to do with us being kind of like this walking sponges. I think most people these days are familiar with the concept of energy. We know that there are some people that drain us, that some people give us bad vibe. There are other people that energize us. We like being around them. And we know that, you know, we go back we come back from work being completely exhausted, you know, and drained. And we need to recharge, especially if you're an introvert, like I, I used to be. And so I think most of us, we are familiar that we have, we lack energy or we have too much energy, not enough energy. Everybody's talking about energy, but what is it exactly, you know? And we realize that somehow after a certain age, we start running on fumes. Our mind is drained, tired, exhausted, we don't sleep out, we don't feel as rested as before when we were children and such, especially those of you who have a family, who have all those responsibilities and people that need from you all the time something and you never get to have time for yourself. That's when you really notice I'm drained, I'm tired, I'm running on fumes, I don't have and then on top, you're expected to do your job. You're expected to do the same job that you were doing in your 20s before you got married, before married, before you had all those responsibilities and stress and money issues and whatnot and so all that worry stress everything is just kind of like zaps away the energy that we know we had one day once and there's nothing it seems we can do about it but truth is there are a lot that we can do about it and that's what i began exploring and now i see you know sometimes like like the the, the coaching that i i um you know, I explore and help people with mind and brain power. I thought, well, 50 year old, maybe they need this type of uh, help. But now, no, now it's the 20, 30 year olds that are coming to me and people way younger than I, and they're completely exhausted, drained, tired. All they can do is just fall flat on, on the couch when they come back from work. And that's it, you know, until they recharge again. So I do realize that we are living in, in a world right now where People are constantly overwhelmed, exhausted, tired. But at the same time, the pressures are higher. The expectations are higher. You know, we, we got to keep up. We got to catch up. You know, a five-year-old understands technology better than we do. Oh, my God, oh, my God, we stress even more. So that's when you, you realize that your greatest capital is your mind, the contents of your mind, the function of your mind, the abilities of your, of your mind, but it starts breaking down. And probably many of you have experienced that. Usually when I ask people like, compare your, your mental function to like, let's say five years ago, what's the difference? Very few say, oh, it's better than before. Many say, well, it's, it's about the same, but most say, oh, it's not, it's, it's worse than what I had before but you're expected to work with greater complexities in your life while having a, a worse brain and mind than you had five years ago. 
And so that's what I started the reversing, turning around, learning all these techniques. And that's what I teach now. That is so interesting. That's so interesting because I studied like the effect on, on our, like how you said about the food and the various things that impact our mind and our mental health. And you have, you have found this whole other side of like these energies and how you can work with these energies to be able to improve your mental functioning, which is yeah. super interesting. Because ever since I began meditating, I started just feeling those energies. I had nothing to do with this kind of like energy world before, but ever since I started meditating, I'm like, okay, there's something vibrating, there's something moving, there's something happening. Uh, I was familiar before with like being drained by other people, some people giving you a bad vibe. So I was familiar with that. But then it became my reality. And then I just started realizing like my brain inside of my cranium feels like in a catatonic state. It feels hard. It feels inflexible. And I had that issue of, you know, people would be talking to me. I'm like, I, I understand every single word you say, but I don't catch the meaning. And most people's contents of the mind, it's like a madhouse. You have 100 people shouting at you all the time. And seven years ago, I was afraid of staying alone with my mind for even five minutes. Mm -hmm. It was such a crazy place to be that I was like, let's keep myself even more busy. Let's read. Right. Let's read right. It's a cycle. More, 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 more. Because I knew if I stop, everything is going to come crashing on me. And I wasn't sure I could survive the contents of my mind. So was it a pretty long, like you said, the past five years, right? Has it been like a long process to be able to unpack everything that you've been learning about it to be able, because you even mentioned that you used to be an introvert and at, the, and at this point you, you're alluding to that you're not, like that you have changed that much that you, from I all that you've learned. noticing it about six, seven years ago. Okay. But we are so good at denying things. We're so good. If it doesn't, you know, if it's not broken by fixing it, mm -hmm. you can get by. You have smartphones now. You have your post-its. You have alarms. You have, you get by. That's why I would say most of us, we never really stop and fix something. We right. wait until it's like so broken that there is no, more, no choice as to go and fix it. So I was in denial for a long time. You know, I would binge, I would binge watch, watch, Netflix whole weekend, I would avoid, I would not think about it. I would get by somehow at work, I would procrastinate. But then when, you know, after two years of this, when, you know, I left my last job, I knew, you, girl, you're never gonna get another job with this brain now. So I knew, okay, I gotta start doing some yeah. things. So I think most people, that's how they are. We are fire, fire fighting, fire fighting, and we don't take the time to actually just, you know remove that fire remove whatever is causing it and spend you know sometimes we're instead of cutting off a finger we lose a whole arm isn't it because we are so good at denying because we just think we we, we don't take the time okay there is the child there is the job there is the husband there is the food that we need to make and whatnot we're so busy 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 it's such a rat race that we don't take the time to ever stop fix it spend some time maybe a week but then save us a whole bunch of time no we just keep doing and wasting and wasting and wasting time and that's where most people are that's certainly what i did but then when i left my last job i'm like girl this is it like game over right. like you gotta do something and so luckily i had saved up 
money and it was enough for me to actually take a year off and I went to India you know I was in ashrams doing yoga courses and I went to Nepal to learn whatever there is about the mind that the Buddhists know you know I traveled around the world and I spent time on myself I really invested time invested that year help you know rested got my body to rest and like figure out who am I even, you know, who yeah. am I, what am I doing here, what, what, why is this even the right job for me, what's the next step, so it was a blessing in disguise, and once I actually took the time, this is the most important thing there is, we are moving away from the manual labor, most of us, we make money now on our, with our minds, but more than anything is with our wisdom experience and whatnot, but guess what, like who of any of us who wants to actually listen to our parents' advice these days. <laughs> Nobody, because the parents' experience is irrelevant Different. in the world that we're living in. I would rather take advice now from my six-year-old, eight-year-old nephew than I would from my, from my parents when it comes to life because they, they have wealth and experience, but the world has changed. Yes. And so, but how do we remain flexible in our mind that we actually can keep up with the changes that there are most older people they want the wish desire for the world to stop changing but it's but not possible be possible and so what happens is that a lot of people live then on the margins of what's truly happening and for me this is one of my biggest fears is that I will become irrelevant. But how many of these days are already screaming, this is overwhelming, this is too much, this is too much information, I can't call. You know, and those of you who are business owners or entrepreneurs who are trying to build something up, how much harder is it then if our mind is not able to keep up? Buddhists, for instance, they talk about a childlike mind. It's not a childish mind. It's a childlike, flexible mind. But our mind, the, the energies that we have here, it hardens, it crystallizes, it gets hard and inflexible. That's why the older we get, the less likely are we to change opinions. Right, right. Why? It's because, and often those opinions is something we picked up like in the first 20 years of our lives, but now we are in our 70s. The opinions from 50 years ago, they have no place, space in this life, in this life mm. and age. And so basically what you what I worked on is really breaking down the crystallized hardened energy to get my mind to be a place space that is flexible, that is actually a good place to be in the first place. So decluttering the mind is one of the number one steps that we need to, to work on if you really want to keep up and get ourselves to a place space where you can juggle all those things without overwhelm. But right now, the way things are is basically we've been collecting overwhelm for the last how, how, whatever right, year, right, yes. 40 years, 50 years, 70 years, but we never declutter. You just layer and layer and layer and layer. But then we have children and job and great responsibilities and husband and divorce and whatnot. And it's just more and more and more. And we just putting on. And that's why most people are so uncomfortable in their own skin that we get more tired we get drained we age we have even less energy to deal with 
whatever is, is happening in, in, in our lives. And we just hope to drag ourselves to that finishing line, which is the retirement. And hopefully the kids are off to college. And then finally you can start living, but we don't. Right, it it's spirals us into like a depression, which it sounds like before that, that's what you were experiencing, like feeling just that discontent and not feeling, not able to feel that happiness. And then when you took that step back, and looked at the big picture and looked at like, okay, well, reflected on what was wrong, what was in your life that wasn't working for you. And you, you dove into this whole world. Yeah, well, it had something to do also with like the flow states, one of the topics. Yes, which I want to get into, about. yeah. So basically, uh, we, we know what we love doing as children. We have certain tendencies. If you observe children, they are very, very clear on what they like, what they don't dislike, what they dislike. They get drawn to certain things. But then once we reach our teenage years, okay, which job would actually make me money? Right? We we want to succeed because there are, you know, we, we've been so conditioned, so trained that just being amazing, like the amazing human beings that we were born, is not enough. We gotta be perfect. And to be perfect, we gotta do perfect things. And somebody gives us a stamp. And this is perfect, and you're going to be successful. And the pressure, you, the pressure. <laughs> and what defines success? Success is like your titles, your your the money, amount of money you have, the amount of stuff you possess. And so, basically, we deny our natural tendencies because 20 years ago there were just those predefined before internet maybe 30 years ago there were just those predefined jobs that were available but now the world has changed literally with anything these days you can make money so which means whatever craze is your brand of unique thing that you love doing you will find like-minded people like the world is your oyster. So no longer you have to follow like the typical businessman, doctor, whatever, the typical predefined um, jobs and tasks, uh, but you actually can do anything and everything that floats your boat, right? Mm -hmm. And so in my case, definitely, I always loved writing. I always loved inventing stories. I lived in movies and such, but I thought, well, I have to study economic science and I have to become you know, a consultant. That's what, what was going to define me as a successful, successful person. I was going to be happy. And basically this denying of your own tendencies and selling it for, for money, that takes you so far away from uh, the flow state. Those passions, yeah. As you possibly can. And so basically for me to get into a flow state, there has to be an alignment of what our unique tendencies are, because all of us, we have our unique brand of intelligence. There is your brand of intelligence and nobody does it better than you. Whatever it is, whatever that secret little thing that you love doing behind, behind closed doors, and somebody will be just as passionate about the same thing. And if you find the right angle to it, it can be monetized, it can be turned into a business. And if you look at, at what's happening now in the world, all these interesting things that are coming up, usually it's just a normal person doing whatever they love doing and suddenly there is a market and they get to sell it. And so basically for me, when I, I lived in Asia for a long time, for almost seven years, and Asia is a place that you really have to fit in. 
you have to fit in to succeed, you know? And because the culture is very firm, it's very unique, but it's also very, very defined. It's not like, you know, it's not very blurry. So to succeed, you have to fit in. And so for me, because I was living there for such a long time and I was trying to fit in so hard, I actually lost a lot of who I was. But in that sense, it was a blessing in disguise because me trying to be anything and everything for everybody, I was becoming so fake in a sense. Mm -hmm. I lost my completely my authenticity because it's kind of like you just get thrown into this new environment and the things you could say and do in the past and they would just be okay. Now, suddenly you are having troubles left and right or you said this, that was not okay. You did that, that was not okay. But I've been doing it all my life and now suddenly it's not okay. So you really, you, it starts kind of like chipping away on you. Sure, and yeah, your identity is all in question. For sure. But then at the same time, what I've noticed is that by me trying to pretend to be somebody else, I lost myself. But at the same time, then when I took my gap year, I realized, okay, if I ever want to be happy, it's not about anybody else anymore. It's really deciding, going kind of like within, figuring out who am I? What do I like? Do you like pizza pasta? Because I didn't know when I left. Yeah. I didn't know what is it that I like? And I took that year to really, who am I? Like, who am I? What do I stand for? And it's even a meditation that I highly advocate people practice. It was uh, popularized by Ramana Maharshi, who was a famous Indian sage, where his whole spiritual practice was just sitting down and asking yourself, who am I? And give it a minute and then ask yourself, who am I? There is no answer to who you are, but you will get a sense about who you are not. So by asking yourself over and over this question, who am I? Well, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm something else. There's something else that I am. You basically build kind of like a, a you separate yourself from all that conditioning. Like process of elimination. <laughs> exactly. Yes, <laughs> because we are, if we've been so conditioned, you know, you're a woman, as a woman, you're this, 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 you're American, hence you're this, 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 this. And we just suck it in. Yes. We make it part of our reality. No, a woman in her 40s doesn't do this. This is, I shouldn't be doing that. Well, right. you want to do it? Just do it. Why, why, does it matter? why does it matter whether you're 40 or 50, whatever? It shouldn't be your reality. Maybe 50 years ago, it wasn't okay for a 40 year old woman to do that, but now it's okay. So basically, mm -hmm. no longer doing or not doing something due to conditioning, but actually because you choose. And how does it take us to the flow state? So basically, this is it. Once you align your passion, something that you love doing, and it's not a chore, you can do it for hours and hours and hours and time just flies by, that's when you are in a flow state. It's a pure place of joy. Like for me, for instance, if I can fit in, in the beginning of my day, one hour of writing, mm -hmm. I know this is going to be an excellent day because I started my day by being in a flow state. I was doing something that I really, really enjoyed. And maybe for someone just playing with a Barbie doll, nobody, nobody's judging you. Just do it if this is something that puts you into a creative place. Like if you watch children, they just sit there and play and they invent stories and have conversations, especially when nobody's watching them and they invent the whole world around them. And that's the same for us. 
So it's for some it's painting, for some it's um, writing, some sort of a creative process. Hey moms, can't catch a good night's sleep these days? I've got you. Sleep matters. And because it does, not getting the quantity or the quality you need can have detrimental effects on your health and well-being. To feel your best and not only to get through the day, but to have an absolutely amazing day, you've got to get the sleep your body and mind needs, which is why I developed Sleep Matters, a course for moms to help you take care of yourself and get the kind of sleep you deserve. In this course, I teach you cognitive and behavioral strategies used in the treatment of insomnia. We work to minimize the sleep worries, re-equate your bed with sleep, set you up with a sound nighttime routine, and establish an environment that is conducive to sleep. Don't waste another night tossing and turning. Enroll in Sleep Matters, self-care for the troubled sleeper. And finally, get your Z's. How do we find that? How do we find out what, like, because so many of the listeners, they don't even, it's been so long since they were able to engage in activities that they like, that they may be at a point that they don't even know what it is that they, they like. Like if they're so far removed from that, what are your suggestions or advice on how to find that? The funny thing is, when I work with clients, it's almost like a confession. It's almost some sort of a like guilty pleasure. Some sort of somebody told them that this was bad or this was wrong, or somebody laughed them out, or somebody said something negative in their childhood and they gave up because somebody somehow judged them for whatever they were doing. Maybe it's writing stories, maybe it's whatever whatever they love doing, maybe playing, you know, a girl playing with a boy's toy and somebody said you shouldn't do it. We all naturally as children know what we came here to do. But they often say, oh my God, I've never told it to anyone, but I'm telling you this. I was doing this and this when I was a child and I never loved myself ever since. Mm -hmm. And so they go and brush it up and find whatever they were doing back then, maybe writing some stories, whatever it is. But I hear it time and time again. So I think we all know, we all know what is it that we love doing, but it's almost like giving yourself permission. Right. It's almost like kind of like embracing like the inner child. Your inner child, yeah. But now I'm an adult and I look at myself as the inner child and I give you permission to do what you love doing. It's okay, it's not wrong, but adults often have so many opinions boys don't do this girls don't do that and this is not going to make you money you're going to be a starving artist you better study medicine (laughs) somehow our our the things we love doing get got crushed but i don't think that there is any person on this planet that doesn't have at least one thing that they love doing i agree we might have forgotten it. So it's basically often kind of like building a bridge between the adult us and the inner child back then. And a lot of us, I I mean, I'm not a psychotherapist, but I've done enough of my own inner work to understand that all of us, we have some sort of inner inner child trauma somewhere, Mm -hmm. somehow. And engaging in that creative 
activity that we love doing back then, it's, it's very therape therapeutic. It's very healing, but it's again, it's really taking time, sit down, think about what is it that you love doing? What is it that back then satisfied you? And maybe don't pick it up with the idea of, oh my God, I'm gonna do it now and I'm gonna make money. Remove the money pressure, remove any of that pressure. If you are a busy mom and you don't have time, that's why I often encourage people, own your mornings. You have no control over what you're gonna do in the evenings, your day can derail and a lot of things can happen. But if you can even carve out just 10, 15 minutes for yourself, where there are no children, close the doors, me, myself, and I, and just engage in that one thing. And I highly advise um, anyone who's interested in this to read the book, The Artist's Way. In The Artist's Way, there are all kinds of techniques explained for how to kind of like revive that artistic side of us. And one of the ways, one of the techniques, if you're really someone who has no clue what could, you know, satisfy you, you know, what could give you joy, what could get you into that flow state where, you know, you're aligned with what you're doing and you're just, just being in pure state of creation, uh, you can start writing morning pages. Morning pages is basically you write every day in the morning, just when you wake up, three pages. Sometimes I write 10 pages, sometimes it's, I've heard of these. Page. I've heard of yeah. these before. And basically what you do by, I've been writing morning pages for the last two years now. And there are two outcomes, incredible outcomes that I can attest that can come out of it. First off, in the beginning, of course, for the first couple of months, I was just basically complaining about anything and everything. <laughs> about <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, the sky is too blue, the sun is too around, whatever. But it's basically that which is all that noise, you know, all mm -hmm. those thousand different taps in our minds that are just open and are shouting at us all the time. And the reason why creativity cannot come to the surface is because our minds are too cluttered. So sit down, give it a voice. You know, if you want to complain about the taste of your coffee this morning, then write three pages about that. It's basically, it's free flow, no thinking, just whatever, whatever. Stop having a conversation with your own mind, basically. After a few months, I started noticing, this is when real insights started coming through, where you state questions and you get answers. And we know all the answers, that's the thing. We don't need some guru to tell us, this is the solution to our lives. We know what our problems are, we know what the solutions are, we just sometimes ignore them. So we don't need Google. We don't need Google is what you're saying. No, you are your greatest teacher. We have, we, about, we're experts in our own story. Yeah, but we are so good at denying, mm -hmm. so good at not hearing, not listening. But truth is, we always know the answer. And that's when the answers can really come through. Okay, I'm angry. Am I really angry because somebody cut me on the rope? Or why am I really angry? Right. Let's spend some time. And that's the beauty of it. Once you gave that energy, time, place, space to tell you its story, it goes away completely. That's why this whole giving, taking time to write out what, what is it that we're unhappy about? Because that's probably for most of you how it's going to look like in the beginning. You start removing. It's kind of like you pick up that piece of cloth. You looked at it, gave it voice, place, space to tell you its story. Okay, I understood. I'm angry because da 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 da. Throw it away. One thing less to think about. 
And that's the beauty. Once that energy is gone, it's gone. But then after two years of writing, I also realized that my mind became so much more organized, which is good news for people who want to improve their memories. Because often the reason, I think one of the biggest side effects people have, especially as mothers, is that they memory, they're, they're juggling so many things, the memory becomes really, really bad. Yes. But that's the thing, you know, if your mind is like a beehive and there is constantly something buzzing around and your brain is trying hard to read everything reported all back to you, how are you ever supposed to find the right information in that madhouse? Right. So by actually writing it out, people who, I was watching this documentary the other day about people who have excellent memories. They are extremely organized, but also organized in their day-to-day -day life. Their house, everything is perfectly organized. Everything is in rightful place, but not like OCD type of way organized, but it's more like the organized house is a reflection of an organized mind. But most of us have a mind that it's like a room filled of, with all kinds of, with a pile of clothes, yes. right? When we walk into a room, we're like, what, what did we come in here for? <laughs> what did I walk in here for? That memory piece, yeah. Yeah, and so there is a pile of clothes and we're trying to find the right piece of cloth, the right information, which is evading us. But by actually writing and removing whatever we don't need, you, you decide this I keep unfold, this I don't need anymore. A lot of the information we possess is junk. But many people think, oh, the more information I have, the more intelligent I am. But I think by now all of us know that the more information <laughs> we know, actually, the less we know. And so it's about organizing, removing what we no longer need so that it becomes a cleaner house and better place to be where things can be found. So you talked about morning pages and making, you know, organizing the mumble jumble in your mind. What are some other ways that we can, that you can suggest for us to be able to enter and maintain that, that flow state? So flow states themselves is really is showing up and doing it day after day. That consistency. Giving yourself, you know how, how you know, when you do those financial courses, they tell you pay yourself first. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you want to start saving money, you know, if you're making money, pay yourself first and then pay everybody else. The same is energetically. Pay yourself first. And that's what most people, they don't do. You jump out of bed, what do you do? You start working on your chores, you work to work, you work on your children, your husband, whatever. Everybody gets to take a piece of your energy and you're going to be left with the fumes at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the same thing that you need to do. You need to stop paying yourself first. You cannot fix other people, but you can fix yourself. We all have seen it, you know, with children. So long as the children are with us, perfect. But as soon as they see the mother, they freak out, they yell, they scream. And then, you know, the whole hell breaks loose, you know? And because the mother is often in, in a st emotional state, physical state, whatever, mental state. And it, because of such an incredible bond that they have with the children, often it affects children energetically as well. If the mother is not well, the children are not well. If the child is not well, the mother is not well. There is such a strong, strong bond. So the number one thing that you can do is work on yourself. It's not about fixing everybody else, helping everybody else, investing in them. Yes, we have that tendency because we love our family, we wanna do that. 
but actually you would be probably better off deciding, okay, let me just carve out five minutes and then next week, 10 minutes until you get to at least an hour a day where you can really invest that time in yourself. I understand for many, it might not be reality right away because you have small babies and such, but in time, probably it would be be possible to carve out just a little bit of time. And I love setting alarms. You know, I love working with alarms. I, I, I write for an hour, I set an alarm, even if I'm in mid-sentence, I stop and that's it. So every day kind of like taking that time where it's just, it's not about anybody else. I make my bowl of breakfast, have my coffee on the side, you know, all, all that environment setting it up for success, you know? And then I start working for an hour on whatever it is that I'm working. Because once the creative juices are flowing, once I've been in that flow state, and I, and I love writing my, my children's books, that's what I do in the mornings. It actually follows me throughout the day. The creativity keeps flowing as I'm working on my business because I opened up that door. Right. And that energy continues. But this consistency even if it's just five minutes today five minutes tomorrow an hour the next day seven minutes then again another hour so long as there is a little bit at least a little bit of of kind of like open opening up of that door every single day things usually would be impacted and they would be very very different and so long as you get yourself into that state and spend some time there where there's nothing you need to do nowhere you need to go Nobody needs anything from me. It's just me, myself, and I, time. That really makes a difference. Well, Rina, you have certainly inspired me. Like, <laughs> I hope the listeners are as inspired because I do set that time in the morning for myself. But I, I know that it's not something, like I'm not entering a flow state when I do it, right? Like I do some journaling, I do some meditation, but I really want to get in touch with like, okay, well, what did I, I might have to ask my mom. What, what did I enjoy? To, what did I love to do as a kid? And I'm even thinking back of things that I, I know that I did. Like I used to draw and like that was something that I, I had a whole folder of like all the artwork that I used to draw. So, and it's been years since I've done that. And I'm like, maybe I should try that and see if that's something that will get me into that flow state. Yes. Connecting back to the, your childhood, because if you think about it, when we we're basically as children we are fresh out of the factory wherever we came from <laughs> we're probably the closest to who we really are as soul as being whatever you choose to believe who you are the closest you probably will ever get to who you are before we were conditioned it was educated out of us before people frowned upon whatever the things we love doing. Like, oh my gosh, why are you you're gonna paint now? How old are you? What do you think? Who, who do you think you are? And maybe journaling around that. And that's the thing. I've tried different variations of uh, my miracle morning, as they call it. Yes, yeah. I... <laughs> but often, uh, a lot of the things that we do, even meditation, after a while. I do it, but it's a chore. Right. It has a chore energy around it. It's supposed to, yeah, 10 minutes exercise because so that I'm a blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, that's minutes, what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to do because that's what everybody does. And that's what's going to put me in the 5 a.m. club. And I'm right. going to be successful. And what I just realized is that after a while, it starts having a chore energy. 
it's no longer joyful energy. What I suggest is you set an alarm and let's say an hour. I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want. Like remove completely any must, have to, good choose, uh, you know, energy, any pressure on yourself that if I do this, there's gonna be some payoff in the future somehow. This, this shouldn't be, uh, this should be something completely free of any expectations. It should be just playtime. Like children, they play and there is nothing, they don't think about, oh, if I play with this doll, blah, 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 I'm going to go to university in 10 years from now. Right. <laughs> don't worry about this. For them, there is just here and now, and that's the flow state. And that's the thing about flow states. You must understand, being in a flow state is already meditation. Mm -hmm. Many people confuse and they, they think, oh, meditation is not for me. My mind is going crazy. I cannot do this. But actually, meditation is nothing but focus and focus and awareness. Right. It's being focused and aware, which is already a flow state when you're focused and aware, right. which means the world has changed. The rules have changed. It's not about sitting in a cave somewhere and meditating. Now, the Western version of meditation is actually that your, your business is your spiritual path. Your family is your spiritual path. The work that you do is your meditation. It's basically being so in the now and just for the pure joy of it. Like you have now the 60 minutes. No, there is no way you to go, nothing you to do. Nobody's going to knock on the door. The phone is off. If I want to read a book, I'm going to read a book. If I just want to nap, I can nap. Maybe don't do nothing. Right, right. <laughs> You could, but that would kind of like defeats the purpose. Right. And do whatever the hell you want to do. But that's the thing. So you gotta give yourself that permission to do that, though. You know, so many clients that I work with, for them to give themselves permission to remove masks from mm -hmm. their lives and and do's and have tos and just sim simply be. Yes. That's the biggest mind shift that we have to work on. The biggest mind shift is really just be. Can you just yes. be for a moment? But that's again, most of our minds are such a madhouse that for us just yes. to be just so It's a madhouse. And that's where we become so fidgety. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I got to do something. I got to do something because this is so uncomfortable. Being is so uncomfortable. And that's how certainly it was for me, right? That, that being, and that's what we need to turn around is we were conditioned. You know what I was saying in the beginning about you were born amazing. Think about the time you had your child in your arms. The child, there is nothing the child needs to do. It's just perfect, beautiful baby. Yeah. It can pee poo on your hands and nothing <laughs> is going to change about how amazing and beautiful, how much of a miracle it is but guess what you are still that miracle you are still that miracle but then again it was conditioned out of us we have to do something to become the watered down version of amazing which is perfect and somebody's going to give the stamp of approval and somebody's going to decide and somebody's going to give you money for it and we completely turned around our thinking it became all about doing 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 which is why you end up not being happy or content. Exactly. Yes. 
And so by going back to being, which being starts with just give yourself a rest. Just get yourself a break. Take that one hour and just for an hour, there's nothing I need to do. The world is not going to stop spinning if I don't do anything. I'm just going to be like being. I'm just going to (laughs) be for a moment. But that's the thing. If I gave you now 60 minutes and told you just be, for an hour, just don't that would be so hard for so many listeners. <laughs> that would be torture. Certainly for me, it was the same. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like because we hate ourselves so much that we are we don't love the being that we are. Yes. Because of all that energy, all that garbage, all that condition, everything that's around us, that we we are so judgmental. We are so guilty about who you are. There is so much negative talk that for us, it's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's something that we are so not used to. And that for many, it's a freak out. So that's why a few years ago, for instance, one of the things that I did is uh, Vipassana, 10 days of silent meditation. You don't look at anybody. You don't talk to anybody. You're just like there with your crazy mind for 10 days. That's when I realized this is a madhouse. And I started working and cleaning up and cleaning up and cleaning up. Now I'm more than happy to just sit there for an hour and not do anything, you know? I'm comfortable with who I am. I work through all kinds of negative self-talk and such. I am comfortable with just being me and stop thinking that I'm a horrible human being and, you know, God hates me and whatnot, you know, all all that stuff. And now... a lot of the things that I do, I'm still not 100% there, but my baseline is out of my beingness of who I am, I do things. Like I consider myself, a, I'm, a, I'm a being that is creative. What I can conceive in my mind as a vision, I can become or I can create that in my life. In the past, it was all firefighting, firefighting. I never took the time to actually, or, or never felt empowered that I actually have the power to decide how my life is going to be. But I always loved reading biographies about people who have powerful minds and they have a vision and this is what they go after and this is what they do. But most of us, we are small. We used to being small. It's like right. somebody's going to decide and we're just going to firefight and, you know, it, life is horrible to us and life is happening to us and we just somehow try to survive it's all about survival right instead of surviving by and that's where we become such doers because you're constantly feeling like you're drowning yes you're gonna be doing things to stay on top but now when you turn it around and you realize oh my gosh i i have the power to decide this is how things are going to be and once you've seen it often enough that what you decided on happened that's when you decide, realize it's all about choices. It's all about seeing, envisioning, choosing, allowing, and then things are going to happen. So what's the next thing I want to create? What's the next thing I want to create? So my day right now, it's all about starting my day on that note where what can I create next? What is the next creation? What, what, what do, I, do I want to experience next? And so in teaching that, of course, to your own children, to teach, teaching them from the beginning, the world has changed. You don't have to choose a profession. You can invent a completely new profession. Whatever you love doing now, how can you, you know, they're eight-year-olds who 
already have their apps and whatnot in their businesses. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of my eight-year-old. That's so funny that you said it because I was thinking, I'm like, she loves writing. Like she's always writing books and stuff. And I'm like, I hope she, like the other day I was actually thinking maybe that's what she's going to be when she gets older. Like she's going to be an author because she's all about it. And so when you're talking about this and I'm thinking like, how can I keep that alive so that she can continue it and be in that, like that will be her flow state because I can see that she has this passion for that. Yeah, for sure. And encouraging her and bringing her in that environment where she meets like-minded and that she's allowed and that she can and such. Because if you think about it, 60 years ago, still like, as a girl, she probably would have been conditioned to become a right. mother and yes. housewife. Right. So why do you write? You better go and learn how to mop the floors. Maybe that right. like an advice that a girl would receive back then. Mm -hmm. and such and now she can and it's okay and since the early childhood to to just encourage her give her those opportunities so that she doesn't have to give it up like many of us did yes. you know, that doesn't have to chase that carrot because oh you're going to be starving artists there's so many people writing you'll never find your market you'll never find anyone well now with internet she'll find a market yes. there's some places where she can start publishing her stories get feedback on it but it's again remember many many people give up on their childhood dreams because somebody criticized it yes and for instance that was for me my liberation I love writing because I invent like fantasy worlds and stuff and what if I decide those people are blue it's my world, <laughs> it's my world. nobody gets right. to criticize no they should be green I decided it's my world right. I invented it nobody gets to have an opinion about it right for me for my own pure joy and if i like blue i like blue that's okay, it right so rena you mentioned a few um like writing your morning pages and the art of writing what are some what are your favorite ways or what are some other ways that you recharge well let me think i travel a lot <laughs> you travel i travel a lot so oh, okay um, i get inspired by places that i'm in and for instance, now I'm back in Europe, but usually you will catch me somewhere between Brazil and Mexico, because these are two very, very colorful places. And they have a very interesting culture and food and art and music. These are very, very artistic places. And so when I am in those countries, it definitely charges me and inspires me. And when I go to the local markets and everything is just so colorful and the sun is shining all the time, <laughs> so that definitely keeps, my, keeps, keeps me up. And just generally, I love reading, um, you know, biographies or about old cultures and watching documentaries. And it always helps me with ideas and such, kind of like keep, keep educating myself. And um, meditation, for sure. Okay. So I do, I do meditate. And um, it's, it just helps, helps me being comfortable with my own mind and just being kind of like still and not being fidgety or anything. I'm wanting to escape. Uh, my own mind and um yeah so that would be my okay my and what book has greatly impacted your life or what book can you recommend aside from the artist's way you've already reckoned you've already said that one but is there another book that you yes. would like to recommend for our listeners another book that i highly recommend is the surrender experiment by michael singer it's one of my favorite books. I don't know if you've read it before, um, but The Surrender Experiment, anybody who is a business owner, I highly advise you read the book. And 
it helped me tremendously on my own uh, self-employment journey because it's about how he surrendered to the way things are. Like Buddhists say, you know, suffering is, uh, what is it, being, uh, is fighting with reality. So when we, I used to be this way, you know, I used to be like, this is my way or highway and I would bulldoze my way through and suffer through it. And, you know, I would bulldoze through the wall, but there are like five different doors and I would not see them. And I'm like, this is just the way. Right. And, but the wind doesn't blow in that direction, but I still, I decide this is how it's going to be. And because I'm willful enough, I'll make it happen. But it left me very, very drained. And so one of the things that, especially I learned through this book is that sometimes it's about surrendering to the things. Sometimes we want to be do, doing cer certain things and we decided that this is how it's going to be. But then something completely different happened and this door closed. But actually something much better happened to us. And it's about, especially when you do business, it's, it's a creative process. It's a spiritual journey. Our business is a spiritual journey. Nothing pushed me so much to develop and to grow and to evolve and heal and such than my own business. And so by seeing your business journey or even your family journey as a tool to spiritually evolve and just to surrender to things. Yes, right now you have a baby and you cannot sleep at night. You can either complain about it all the time and suffer even more, or you can try to understand, okay, why is this happening? What exactly are the lessons that I need to learn here? How is this benefiting me? What's within me? might be there that is causing this how can i because you cannot fix anybody right you can only fix yourself and remove and change and evolve and so that's what that book is about it's about what life puts on your plate mm -hmm. and you can either complain about it or you can actually choose it to step up okay all right it's an incredible book i listen to it at least once a year get the audiobook it's very, very okay <laughs> the audiobook and i listen to it at least once a year and it really helps me set my mind straight about mm, what am i here to do what my business is all about how does it fit into my bigger picture i know that back then when i was um, employed still to me it was like this is my private life and this is just the stuff i do to get money I was completely separated, yeah. separated and it's like this is just the thing that I suffer through to get money so that I can move on and do my life right but when you have your business you can do this if you want to succeed right your life and your, your business is life and life is business and everything is the same if you are aligned with your purpose right because if I were, for instance, now, like I love writing and I love coaching and I love mind and brain because it's my story. This is something that happened to me. I'm very passionate about. I can talk about it forever. But if, for instance, my business was, I don't know, paint, selling paintings. This is, <laughs> but I don't know anything about paintings and I don't care about paintings. Then it would be kind of like that thing that I do to me. Sure. Yeah. I, I cannot expect any flow. Mm -hmm. that, that's the thing ever since I became self-employed, I tried so many different ideas, the things I could do, the things I can monetize, and the things that really in the end ended up working for me is when my life emerged. Yes. Yeah. So where can listeners find you, Rena? 
So if you want to learn more about this topic, then I suggest you download my ebook. So it's go to www.rinalang.com slash ebook. Rinalang.com slash ebook. All the social links are there. I have a podcast on YouTube. Get that ebook. Learn more about the energetic side of the mind and brain, um, how to clean yourself up more, and how the mind-brain works, what is intelligence, all those things I explain there. And you will also get access to a video where you can learn more about the things that I've picked up over the years around this topic. And I'm sure just by getting your hands on that ebook, you will get you know, plenty of techniques, tools um, that you can start applying today already in your life that will help you free up mental space. All right, awesome. I am definitely going to check out that ebook. I want to thank you so much, Rena. All of her links, all of Rena's links, you can find in the show notes of today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing with us all about your expertise. Thank you so much. I want to share with you how I can help you get back to feeling like yourself so that you can love yourself and your life as a mom. If you're on the verge of burnout, feeling exhausted and overwhelmed by all the things you have to do, and you're so busy taking care of everyone and everything else that you have zero time for yourself, then listen up. You may have thought that when your babies were out of diapers, you'd have more time for yourself. Then as your kids grew, you thought that they, when they started school, you'd get back to doing things that you'd like to do. Well, now you're realizing that it's been way too long and your life has been so focused on taking care of it all that you can't even remember what it is that you like to do. And when you look in the mirror, you barely recognize the woman staring back. Well, I can help you. I know you can do it all. But why is it that trying to do it all is leaving you constantly feeling like you can't? You're trying so hard to keep it together on the outside, yet you're falling apart on the inside. I want to help. I understand what's happening because I've been where you are now. As a clinical therapist, a coach, and a fellow mom who was once drowning under the pressures of what turned out to be my own expectations, I want to share with you the tools and strategies that have helped me to reclaim myself and design a life I wanted to be living. Together, we will recover your sense of self. Imagine making time in your day to not only hear your own thoughts, but to recharge and feel alive. As we work to minimize mom brain, you will absolutely feel more centered and balanced. Right now, you may not even know what it is that you need or want, but soon enough, you will be able to ask for exactly what you need. You'll be able to engage in your own passions and interests without feeling guilty, and you'll find that you can be more present for your children, and who wouldn't want that? Not to mention, you'll finally be able to rest once you learn how to give yourself time and space to do so. Your relationships will improve, not only with others, but you'll love who you see in the mirror. Ultimately, you'll feel more confident about yourself and you'll be more willing to dream bigger, leading to a more fulfilled life. But I need you to take the next step. Click on the link in the show notes of today's episode to see what days and times I have available so that we can see if taking the next step together makes sense. Book a call today to start your journey to reclaiming and loving yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.
listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.